Ads are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit. And so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of March 3rd, 2019, the podcast that glides down over Mulholland. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's colonify the news of the bogus. Well, while UK police have been completely useless, as we've covered, arresting people for possession of knives and potato peelers and seizing tiny amounts of marijuana and pretending it's a big drug bust, Britain's first private police force has shown how efficient you can be when government gets out of the way. In a time of rising crime rates, police budget cuts, corruption, and basic incompetence, TMI, a private firm led by former senior officers at Scotland Yard, has successfully prosecuted more than 400 criminals and so far has a 100% conviction rate. Amazing what can happen when you're incentivized to go against actual criminals. These include three high-profile murder investigations that police were unable to solve, including one filled with corruptions and cover-ups. They've also been able to help in cases of rape, missing persons, burglary, theft, stalking, and blackmail. Of course, the statists are whining that this will just lead to a system where only the wealthy get protected from criminals. But it seems that without this organization, basically nobody was getting protected from criminals. Ken Marsh, chairman of the Metropolitan Police Federation, said, quote, Eventually, there will be a two-tier system with the haves and the have-nots, and if you have money and live in a 20 million pound house in Chelsea, you can pay for private security. Well, maybe if you people would get off your butts and do your real jobs, it wouldn't be necessary. My concern would be, where is the public scrutiny if it goes wrong? If they are allowed to go and do police's job for them, that is a dangerous status quo but they're not the ones plagued by corruption and cover-ups. David Green of the think tank Civitas said, quote, If they can take on some of the functions of the police and the call for this grows, there is a danger there is not the same safeguards that we have with the police. If the police do something wrong, there is a clear disciplinary structure, a chain of accountability and independent scrutiny. If these private firms exercise police powers without public accountability, there could be dangers there. But, As we've seen over and over and over again, government police officers all over the world are basically protected from almost any bad thing they might do, including, as we've seen, cases of first-degree murder caught on video and audio, and the officers get off scot-free. But private police don't enjoy these protections. They're held to the same laws that everyone else is, as it should be. 
Also, they have to convince people to take their service. If you don't like what they're doing, you just don't give them your money. Government police, you're forced to pay for no matter what. And by the way, although TMI does charge for services such as street patrols, they don't charge anything for investigations. They recoup their costs from offenders after they're convicted. They have offices in London, Manchester, Essex, and even Mumbai in India. The India office actually helped catch a major manufacturer of fake medicine, something that's a big problem in that area of the world. Oh, and by the way, they always wear body cameras and record what's going on. TMI's managing director, David McKelvey, who's a retired DCI with Scotland Yard, said, quote, We probably do more undercover work than any other law enforcement agency. We have a better surveillance capability and equipment than most forces. It's about catching the bad guys and protecting the public, and we can help with that. Police are on their knees, sick to the teeth with what is going on in their job. The bottom line is, we have better uniforms, better pay, and better support at work. It's a huge growth industry. Once again, the nightmare scenarios are already there with government, but never seem to materialize privately. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. So you're being tracked online. We all know this. Browser makers keep putting technology in place to stop it, and the advertisers just keep finding ways around it. So the browser makers have to find ways of closing those loopholes. Apple is concerned with this, and they have a technology called Intelligent Tracking Prevention. A lot of this is technical mumbo-jumbo dealing with WebKit, which is the web browser engine behind Safari and iOS. But there is a section on the reason for some changes they have made that are really important for users concerned about privacy. They write, quote, Cross-site trackers have started using first-party sites' own cookie jars for the purpose of persistent tracking. See, ordinarily, a third-party cookie doesn't have access to the first-party context. For example, if you load a page on example.com, and it includes an ad from DoubleClick.net, then DoubleClick.net doesn't get any of the cookies that example.com set, and it can only read the cookies for itself that it's set within that domain. So if Placeholder.com has a DoubleClick ad in it, that ad cannot get the cookie that it's set in example.com. So this way you can prevent tracking. But according to Apple, they've found a way to use a script to put their cookies in first-party space. 
in with the rest of the cookies for example.com instead of in their own separate cookie jar. And then analytics are able to cross-pollinate with their scripts on other sites. Apple also says that the site cookies can be stolen by things like speculative attacks and cross-site scripting attacks, and so cookies should not carry sensitive information such as credentials. Since cookies have to be included with the header in every request, if you have a bunch of cookies, they can really slow down the page load. Apple says they've come across sites with kilobytes of cookies sent in every single request. Here's the really bad one, quote, There is a size limit in outgoing cookie headers for performance reasons, and websites risk hitting this limit when cross-site trackers add first-party cookies. We've investigated reports of news site subscribers getting spuriously logged out and found that the trackers were adding so many cookies that the news site's legitimate login cookie got pushed out. There was one case of 70 tracking cookies that just hogged all the cookie space, and these cookies were much bigger than they needed to be to do the job, and they were just filling up the limited space for cookies so that the legitimate cookies couldn't get in. And keep in mind, these cookies have to be sent with every individual connection. So, shame on the advertisers, and good on Apple as well as other browser makers for continually working to nip all of these in the bud. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. So we've talked about how the Australian government has denied things like basic math to require that they be able to intrude into encrypted communications. They've put this desire to disable cryptography for spying purposes into the TOLA Act, that's Telecommunications and Other Legislation Amendment. Gotta love the other legislation part. Well, you'd better believe Mozilla had something to say about it. In an open letter to the Parliamentary Joint Committee on Intelligence and Security, they wrote, this legislation grants sweeping and dangerous new powers to Australian law enforcement and intelligence agencies, and thanks to the foreign assistance provisions, extends these powers to foreign authorities as well. In doing so, this legislation raises grave concerns for the security of Internet users and infrastructure in Australia and abroad, and fails to place appropriate limits on government surveillance. Any measure that allows a government to dictate the design of Internet systems represents a significant risk to the security, stability, and trust of those systems. Mozilla believes that TCNs, that's Technical Capability Notice, the thing that requires them to bypass encryption, or any similar device would significantly weaken the security of the Internet. 
We do not believe that this law should have been passed in the first place, and we believe the best possible path is to repeal this legislation in its entirety and begin afresh with a proper public consultation. And here's one of their biggest concerns, quote, It is easy to imagine how Australian authorities could abuse their powers and the penalties of this law to coerce an employee of a DCP, designated communications provider, to compromise the security of the systems and products they develop or maintain. And we know, thanks to Snowden, that this sort of thing was happening illegally in America. It looks like this law is codifying it in Australia. And remember, Australia is a Five Eyes country, so they'll share all of this with the US, Canada, UK, and New Zealand. Mozilla wants them to state that this is not allowed. And they go on, quote, Serving an order on an individual employee rather than a DCP itself would fail to allow a DCP to avail itself fully of the protections afforded under this legislation in regards to consultations, assessments, and legal challenges. Further, this potential would force DCPs to treat Australia-based employees as potential insider threats, introducing another vector for compromise that could undermine trust in critical products and incentivizing companies to move critical roles to other locations. Secrecy should not be the default. If the government believes that secrecy is required in order to protect the integrity of an investigation or operation, they should have to seek an additional approval from a court of relevant jurisdiction. TCN's design to ensure that a DCP is capable of giving help could theoretically be used against any user, the vast majority of whom are not and will never be under suspicion. While we don't believe Australian authorities should have these powers given the profound security and privacy risks, we believe the government should have to make the case for these capabilities in the public eye. TCNs should never be secret. Here's proof that not much gets past these guys, quote, We also note with concern that Tuller requires relevant authorities to consider the legitimate interests of the designated communications provider to whom the request relates and the legitimate expectations of the Australian community related to privacy and cybersecurity, but only requires consideration of the interests of national security and the interests of law enforcement. Note the absence of the word legitimate. While it is unclear what Parliament intended in making this distinction, it certainly appears to set a lower standard for consideration of the interests of the government vis-à-vis -vis the people and the companies these orders would affect. Not the first time we've seen something like this, but it's still really bad. Quote, TOLA currently allows Australian authorities to indiscriminately use their powers anywhere in the world. This not only exponentially increases the security and privacy risks posed by this legislation, but also violates the sovereignty and legal protections of other countries. The extraterritorial reach of TOLA could also set a dangerous international precedent and could in turn be used to justify operations by a foreign government seeking to engage in extraterritorial operations that would violate the rights of Australians. They conclude, quote, This law represents an unprecedented and unchecked threat to the privacy and security of users in Australia and abroad. We urge the committee and the Australian Parliament to move swiftly to remedy the significant harms posed by this legislation. Ultimately, the best course of action is to repeal this law and start afresh with a proper public consultation. Way to go, Mozilla. Here's hoping someone's paying attention.
We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to open the cereal box from the bottom to get to this week's biggest bogan emitter. And this week, it goes to the Department for Homeland Security for probably the most shocking scandal ever surrounding their terrorist watch list. We've covered before things like how this is a secret list and people generally don't even know they're on it until they try to fly somewhere. We've also covered people finding out they're only on the list because they share a first and last name with the suspected terrorist. It basically makes domestic spying of these individuals A-OK. There is no due process, and it's almost impossible to get your name off it, since it basically entails proving your innocence, which is next to impossible given that you're not actually charged with anything. Well now, as it turns out, this secret list isn't so secret after all. In court documents reviewed by the Associated Press, the federal government has acknowledged that it shares this watch list with over 1,400 private organizations, including hospitals and universities. So, let's get this straight. You don't get to know whether you're on the watch list unless you find out the hard way, but these 1,400 organizations do? People on the list, who, remember, have been charged with precisely bupkis, could face real-life hassles in private life as well. The information was obtained in documents filed in a class action lawsuit on behalf of people who have faced restrictions in finance and travel as a result of being mistakenly put on this list. Co-counsels for the plaintiff said in a brief, quote, Are universities taking TSDB statements into account in making admission or disciplinary decisions? Are Innova Alexandria Hospital's building security personnel screening visitors against the TSDB and denying entry to listees? Is Motorola screening its software engineers who work on cellular infrastructure equipment against the TSDB and firing listees? Plaintiffs have no idea. This is just one more case of outright perjury by federal officials who have sworn in testimony before Congress that the watch list is kept secret and not shared with any private entities. It's one more reason why the whole list is bogus. As counsel for the plaintiff said, quote, it is a fool's errand. They are trying to predict, among the innocent, which people will be terrorists. That is an impossibility. Kind of like they're trying to do with red flag laws, isn't it? So all of that makes the Department of Homeland Security this week's biggest bogan emitter.
You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. And now let's burn an effigy of this week's Idiot Extraordinaire. And this week it goes to YouTube for yet another development in the ongoing adpocalypse. It started off as a completely legitimate concern about channels essentially being used as child porn, but several Pokemon YouTubers found their accounts have been flagged and even terminated for, quote, activity that sexualizes minors, even though they were just people playing Pokemon Go. What happened was, Pokemon Go has these things called combat points, which is abbreviated CP. CP also stands for child pornography. So references to CP were miscategorized and completely innocent channels were disrupted. Remember this when someone tries to tell you that there will be no bad effects from the EU's Article 13 when it takes effect. So as a result, more advertisers are pulling out of YouTube and YouTube themselves have demonetized more and more videos. But here's the problem. A lot of the references they were using to demonetize or terminate channels didn't come from the channels themselves, but from the comments. So channel owners are now being held responsible for what commenters say. Of course, all this will do is empower the trolls. Is there a YouTuber you don't like? Just post a bad comment on their videos and boom, their money is gone and maybe even their entire channel. We've seen this kind of thing from Google before. Super chat messages have been held against the channel, and AdSense blogs have been demonetized because of user comments. But with YouTube, it's reached new heights of silliness, since if YouTube has a problem with the comment, they can just remove the comment. And if the user keeps doing it, they can terminate that particular user and not the channels he keeps posting to. YouTube continues to want to shoot itself in the foot for some reason. This is bad for users, bad for channels, bad for YouTube, and bad for advertisers. So, who benefits? I mean, other than YouTube's big media partners who never seem to suffer from any of these problems. So all of that makes YouTube this week's... Idiot wraps up this racing around to come up behind you again edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at discord.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please go to donate.bogosity.tv where you can give using PayPal or crypto or subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and ad-free. You can even support this podcast for free with the airtime extension. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Robert Higgs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, not stuck in the middle, but hovering above the entire farcical spectrum, weeping as I behold my fellow man's devotion to political illusion and self-destruction. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.
Atrocity. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now.